Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Joy. On today's episode, we talked with NAV Press author Catherine McNeil about her new book, Long Days of Small Things. And she's a local author to uh, the Chicago suburbs area, so we were able to have her here in the Tyndale offices and talk to her face-to-face. It was really a pleasure uh, for me personally to interview Catherine. Uh, She is a friend of mine from church and even though I'm not a mother yet, I found real depth to this book. The subtitle is Motherhood as a Spiritual Discipline. And Catherine artfully and with a great sense of humor talks about the daily routines of moms and how you can encounter God in the midst of the chaos. So this would be a great book to give as a gift to uh, parents that you know or to read yourself if you're a parent or even if you're not a parent. Um, There's a lot of spiritual and theological insights that you can take from this. So the book again is Long Days of Small Things and you can learn more about Catherine at her website CatherineMcNeil.com or go to NavPress.com. So Catherine, we're so thankful that you're here with us today to talk about your book, Long Days of Small Things. Mm -hmm. Um, Adam and I love when we have local authors in the office just because it's more personal and we get to uh, laugh and chat together. So before we jump into the topic of your book, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background, how you became an author, and um, a little bit about your family? Sure, I'd love to. Um, Well, I, you know, I started writing when I was just really little. I was always writing something. I had like a journal or I was writing little poems. I remember getting a little poem published in my newspaper of a small town of 2,000 people and that was like, I'd really hit the big time. (laughs) It didn't actually occur to me that it was something I could do as more than just for fun, but in college I studied Bible theology and intercultural Mm -hmm. studies and I just that meant writing lots of papers and I just always loved writing the papers and um, I just kept on finding ways, outlets for that in my adult life with my real job. And um, I did a blog for a lot of years, back when blogging was a thing. And um, um, yeah, then I started pitching articles here and there. And before you know it, I'm writing a book. So (laughs) it's, it's something that I think I've just learned it's part of me, but everyone around me has always known. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. That's a really good way to put it because I think we all have people who encourage us mm-hmm. and see things in us that we're either not willing to admit or that we just don't have a lot of confidence in or like, oh, I like it, but I could never do it for a living. Absolutely. You know? I know, you know, I know your husband and know that he's very proud and one of your biggest cheerleaders. So (laughs) having someone like that say, yes, you're a good writer and you can do this really helps. It absolutely does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So did you go to, did you go to Wheaton? I did. I went to Wheaton College. We should start keeping track of how many guests went to Wheaton because it's a pretty running theme. Joy went to Wheaton. I didn't. So I always feel left out. (laughs) It's not too late. I know. I guess you're right. So yeah. you, you have three three kids? I do. I have three kids, um, two boys, 10 and 8, and then I, my daughter is 5. Oh, precious. Yeah. So I wrote this book um, in a season when I was finally sleeping through the night, but I could remember very recently not doing so. Wait, you took until your youngest was 5 before you started sleeping through the night? Um, you know, she's 5 now, maybe 3 and a half. 3 and a half. Oh, yes. That's about right, I'm right. Oh, okay. With 
mm-hmm. you can do it. I, yeah, the, the potty training is the, the at nighttime. Oh That's where yeah. We are right now. He mm-hmm. was fine for a long time, and then now we're trying that, and now he wakes up in the middle of the night. And yes. It's a whole mess, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> buddy. Literally. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing like changing a whole no. bed at right. three in the morning. Yeah. Times a night, yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's good so, for our souls. Yeah. It is, which which Catherine is something you talk about in your book. So what can you give us the premise of your book, even maybe the structure? Sure. Of it as well? Absolutely. Well, you know, like Adam was just saying, being a parent is full of challenges and things that cause us to not sleep, not have any extra time, um, to bring us to the end of ourselves, at least for me. I was always out of patience, always out of sanity. (laughs) Um, But I was still hearing the same kind of prescriptive language for spiritual life, that I needed to have a quiet time, that I needed to spend, you know, 15 minutes reading the Bible every day, 15 minutes praying. It had to be done in silence. It had to be done in solitude. And I was in the stage of life where I would try to go to the bathroom and there'd be little fingers you know, <laughs> going underneath the door and people would be screaming that their siblings stole their Spider-Man cape. And I, there, was, there was no quiet, there was no time, there was no solitude, there was no space. Um, and, you know, I spiritual formation is really important to me. I'm definitely not downplaying the spiritual disciplines, you know, study... Uh, silence, solitude, meditation, mm-hmm. prayer, service, all of these are very, very important to me, but they were absolutely not available to me during this season of life, at least the way they had been traditionally described to me. But in the meantime, like Adam was saying, I was getting up at three in the morning to change sheets and to take care of a sick kid. And then at you know at five o'clock in the morning, I was getting up to nurse the baby. And then at seven mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning, I was getting up to get the preschooler ready for school. And I was constantly pouring myself out, constantly serving, um, constantly persevering, um, being brought to the absolute end of myself, not necessarily doing it well or doing it with patience or, um, you know, not looking good while doing it, but uh, I kept on going. And I realized, isn't that what the spiritual life is all about, is Mm -hmm. to say, I've reached the end of myself, and now I'm just holding on to God. Mm -hmm. And... um, I have become depleted and he is filling me up. Mm. And so it, it occurred to me day by day, year by year, that even while I was missing those quiet times, that time of study, that time of meditation, which again, I love, mm. um, God was doing something else mm-hmm. in my life, in my spirit, in my heart that was not less valuable mm-hmm. by any means, but mm-hmm. I didn't, couldn't point to anyone who had ever kind of identified it or championed mm-hmm. it, and I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to reduce down our connection with God to those spiritual disciplines, which again are sacred mm-hmm. and, and they're very important. But I think that there needs to be an understanding of season and of life circumstance. Again, not to make that an excuse because we must pursue God in all things. Absolutely. But even in that, you know, as I'm in a season of pre-marriage, to realize that you pursue God through these things. Mm-hmm. Like these are, again, just kind of the, the channels or the tributaries um, that are ultimately coming from God. So, Catherine, as you realize, like, I don't have quiet. I don't mm-hmm. have time. I still want to seek the mm-hmm. Lord. How did you find some 
alternatives? Or mm -hmm. how did you begin to view your mothering as something that was worship? That's a great question. Um, you asked about the structure of the book, so maybe I'll sure. kind of go back to that to yeah. answer that question. Um, mm -hmm. I start the book, the first chapter or two is um, me kind of having this realization. and uh, mm. But then the rest of it goes on to talk about the various seasons. At first of a mother, um, I talk about creation. Um, those of us who have been pregnant, we are creating a new person in our bodies. And um, even those who have not experienced pregnancy, who are doing um, adoption, there's still this long, fairly arduous process of creating a family, creating a person. Um, mm -hmm. And that's God work. You know, that's, it's God who's the creator. Mm -hmm. And it's he who's calling us and partnering us with him in this. Um, then I talk about incarnation, which is mm -hmm. birth. And again, like whether this is happening biologically or in through adoption, um, motherhood is so physical and mm -hmm. it's about creating a physical person, which is what God is doing. Mm -hmm. um, and we think of spirituality as really clean and very sp spotless and peaceful. But I talk in this chapter about how um, Jesus became a person like that's our good news is not that he kind of called us out of our bodies to meet mm -hmm. him in the, in the clouds but that he came and walked in the mud mm -hmm. and he he himself was in a womb he himself mm -hmm. was born um, mm -hmm. and so we are really joining he he joined us in this mm -hmm. um, and then I talk about nurture I talk about how God portrays himself as a parent we think most often of him portraying himself as a father but he also talks about himself as the person who gave birth to his people, who, um, mm -hmm. you know, hovered over them like a mother bird, who mm -hmm. taught them how to fly, who taught them how to eat. Mm -hmm. um, so there's just really beautiful imagery of God as a parent in both the Old and New Testament. And when we are parenting, um, I think we are like a living statue of God's mm -hmm. love. And that's that's important work. That's not mm -hmm. a small thing. So. Mm -hmm. um, that half of the book kind of looks at the seasons, like the basic tasks that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And then the second half um, looks at what, I, what are, I think, closer to the classic disciplines, um, the service, solitude, um, sacrifice, surrender, mm -hmm. perseverance, and celebration. Mm -hmm. And parents are doing these things every single day, whether we're aware of it or not, these are the things that we're doing, and they're also classic elements of spiritual development. Mm. So mm -hmm. just opening our eyes to see how the maybe mundane, really physical seasons of our lives and then the tasks that we're doing in them have deep theological value, deep um, mm. redemptive value, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. do a work in our spirits. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd like to <coughs> dig into that point a little bit more. Um, how do you step back and, I don't know, force, force yourself or take that reflective time um, to uh, feed that spiritual side or even recognize those moments when you're so deep into it? Mm -hmm. Do you have any recommendations <laughs> for people to do that? Um, mm -hmm. At the end of each chapter, I give three practices, and instead of being like, uh, you know, have a quiet time, which I do recommend if you can. <laughs> um, there are things that we're doing every day anyway. Mm -hmm. Like one of them is breathing, one of them is walking, 
I've got doing dishes in there, cooking, I've got eating, driving. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, in many of them, the first thing that I'm recommending is just to remember, like our first mm -hmm. kind of big hurdle is to remember that this is what we want, that we want to remember to see God here, that we want to remember that he's in our presence mm -hmm. so that when I'm eating, I can, I don't have any extra time and my kids are throwing Cheerios and they're, mm -hmm. you know, dancing on the table. Yeah. <laughs> but I can, once I remember that this this eating, feeding my family, feeding myself, is a spiritual act of creation and nurture, mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. it's a gift from God. Once I remember those things, then just even my attitude can change mm -hmm. a little bit. So mm -hmm. I think that's where it all begins is just remembering that that's what I want. Mm -hmm. And then once I remember that he's here, he is here, and I don't have to convince him to be here, mm -hmm. but I can start yeah. to remember to see him. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think, you you know, you've written, uh, miracles don't get more close up than this. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're remembering and you're willing to reflect, then you might be able to see those miracles. Mm -hmm. So w when you wrote that, what are you referring to? How do you mention um, I don't remember exactly where I said that, but I think anyone who has seen a child born mm -hmm. just is, your worldview is a little bit rocked. <laughs> you know, like... We go about our day and it's fairly planful and mm. um, we're in some, we perceive ourselves as being in some level of control and then all of a sudden you realize, you know, like a stork I could believe, <laughs> but a new person growing inside my body and then coming out and, and being here, you mm. know, and that it just is, I don't think you can really be prepared for seeing it up close, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. either from the mom or the dad's perspective, it mm -hmm. just... It really is the miracle of creation, mm. and we are given the privilege of mm. being part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's not, the creation doesn't end there. Our children are bouncing their way through childhood right in our presence, mm. and uh, we're the ones that get to see it. And it's, it's those tasks that are arduous and exhausting of the diapers and carrying them everywhere. And... You know, my toddler lifting up my shirt at the grocery store line to see if the milk is still there. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's those things that are, that really kind of sap our identity and yeah. our energy on the one hand, but it's also, those are what bond us. It's mm -hmm. that skin on skin, mm -hmm. that utter reliance that they have on us for their physical mm -hmm. needs mm -hmm. that really cause us to kind of become one with them in a sense. And it really is, I think, a privilege to this miracle of life. Mm-hmm. And I think you see a lot of parallels probably between you and God mm -hmm. as you as being the child and throwing Absolutely. tantrums sometimes oh, or yes. being so dependent or not understanding but obeying just because your mommy or in this case, you know, our father right. says so. <laughs> right, you know? absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, watching my kids, um, I've learned so much about myself <laughs> as the child of God mm -hmm. for sure with my tantrums and yeah. <laughs> only slightly <laughs> more veiled than my yes. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. I love the part, I think it was in the first chapter, um, just like the act of the obstacle of making it to the front door mm -hmm. of the store. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and through the so door. Yes. <laughs> and and <laughs> there's all kinds of things like that when you're a parent, like, I gotta get through the morning, just get to nap time, and then I can have yeah. a, a couple seconds to myself. A couple seconds. It, it's filled with all kinds of Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. 
One of the things you talk about also, Catherine, is um, the creative power of motherhood Mm -hmm. and how that relates to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. How do you see those two things connected? Um, Well, I I am kind of a biblical studies uh, geek or nerd or whatever the right terminology (laughs) would be there. Mm -hmm. It's my dad's fault. so I love to study like the, the ancient aspects of the scriptures and the, the ancient languages and the ancient culture and their ancient worldview. And um, a character that we don't really think about a lot in our English translations or just the way we think about things is uh, Ruach. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, any actual Hebrew scholars out there. Um, but that's the breath of God or the, the wind or the spirit, and that's the Hebrew word for it. And Ruach, the spirit, the breath of God, is always present in all of the creation narratives. Mm. Um, Genesis 1-1 it says that it was the spirit of God hovering over the waters. Mm. I think that's such an evocative um, image of God uh, in in Hebrew, I think it's Elohim, um, about to speak, you know, like it's the moment that everything is, you know, the energy is there, everything's pulled back and ready to be set in motion. Mm. Um, Elohim is about to speak, and Ruach, the breath, is hovering, just waiting. Mm. And um, the grammatically, Ruach is feminine, and I don't, nobody thinks that that means that God is a woman, but um, I, I think that there is a, a partnership there in the, in the symbolism and in the parallels. Um, and Ruach shows up. Um, in the flood account, it's the ruach of life that is taken away, and then it is wow. that that is given back. Mm-hmm. Um, in Psalms, uh, in Job, there's different creation accounts of mm-hmm. of a poetry of God as creator calling the world into being, and ruach shows up in all of them. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't necessarily pick it out in our English translations, um, but it is a it the breath of God as this. Um, the power of creation, uh, which grammatically is feminine, I think is really a beautiful part of the Old Testament story. And um, I do talk in the book about how God breathed his breath into us. And um, we, you know, we moms are watching for that breath with our infants, like we watch the chest rise and fall and rise and fall. And it feels like a miracle. And it is a miracle. Um, it's a, I mean, it's the most mundane daily occurrence you know breathing and being alive and being born but yet it still is a miracle that we have mm-hmm. all around us and mm-hmm. it's beautiful to me it's fascinating it to yes me. Mm-hmm. and he's called us to join him in that creative power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so as somebody who's mm-hmm. studied the bible and theology at what age do you start <laughs> introducing your kids to greek and hebrew <laughs> that's a good question well my dad was a pastor okay. and i can't remember a time when he wasn't chatting with me about greek and hebrew so um probably pretty early i my know that's part of growing up jewish you go to hebrew school yeah that's yeah something we should think about doing think about mm-hmm. doing yeah there's not a lot of children's books that no, there aren't. Well, maybe no. you know, that is an idea. That We're in a publishing house. Yeah. I know. <laughs> totally. Let's do something about that. Yeah. I really think it's powerful to go back to the Greek and Hebrew to look at the real definition of the words. And even what I love are the names of God. Yeah. And I truly wish they were in our English translation. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, like Rafa and 
you know, El Shaddai and Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. I wish they kept them in yeah. as God. And sometimes you see capital Lord versus mm-hmm. lowercase Lord, and you can, you know, if you have a background, you can understand that there's difference there. Yeah, but you study Bible or something uh-huh. in the notes. They, yeah, you know, they indicate. Yeah. But um, I just think it gives a lot of power behind it. I mean, I wouldn't have known that that was feminine and how you got to connect that to motherhood mm-hmm. and the care. For God, that God has mm-hmm. for his people through the Holy Spirit is being an agent of change. You know, he left that as a deposit, a guarantee mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he would return mm-hmm. for his people. Absolutely. So that's really yeah. special. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you have an excerpt, Catherine, that you might want to read? And we can pause this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can give me a second, yes. Yeah. <laughs> to look for it. How are we doing on time, Adam? We're about 20 minutes. Okay. How yeah, long do so you like it to be? About a half an hour, okay. 25 minutes. So for an excerpt, maybe we can do it. All right, yeah, I can read uh, an excerpt. I'm going to take it from the chapter on perseverance. Um, one of the things I say in my book is that whatever we're doing as a mom or a dad, <laughs> perseverance is part of it because we just get up the next morning and we keep going. We keep trying. We're not necessarily doing it well, and that's definitely something I wanted to pull out in this book is I'm not saying, hey, I'm a perfect mom. You should be like me. I've got it all together. Um, but that however badly we are doing at any given moment, we keep going, we Mm. persevere. Mm. Um, This is titled, Love Suffers Long and is Kind. For mothers, perseverance isn't really an option. Perseverance has us in a corner and isn't willing to negotiate. Continuing is the only way to stay alive. After all, labor pains can't be put on hold just because we're tired. Either we push through, literally, or we die. Colicky babies don't start cooing just because we've lost our minds from bouncing them up and down for hours. And our older children still need tough love when their choices have eroded our lives in sanity. At the same time, perseverance isn't a given. We've all seen what happens when a mother or dad doesn't persevere. The stakes are high for us, and there's no getting around that. We're in a do-or-die scenario. But most of us, most of the time, keep choosing do. Not ever perfectly. Like our diaper-clad toddlers, we plop on our bums just as often as we rise triumphantly. But through failures and mistakes, we keep going. We make these strong and cho- we make these strong choices day after day after day. First Corinthians 13 has this to say: Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I love the way the New King James translates that first sentence, love suffers long and is kind. Could there be a better tagline for moms? Love suffers long and is kind. This could be our motto, printed on all our bumper stickers and t-shirts. But my love doesn't do this, actually. My love suffers a short while and gets impatient. It suffers hardly at all and loses its cool. Mm. In addition to the t-shirt, I may need to tattoo this verse on my hand, for these six words capture enough spiritual discipline to last me for a lifetime. But hallelujah for that. We are practicing. We are not perfect. We will never be perfect. We don't need to be perfect. But our children give us the gift of practice. Each and every day, motherhood provides me with all the raw materials I need to jump into an intensive course on perseverance. Every single hour, I am offered the chance to try one more time to suffer long and be kind, to persevere. Mm. 
That's beautiful, Catherine. Thank you. Yes. Motherhood really is the definition of perseverance, isn't it? It has been for me. <laughs> yeah, it really gives depth. Um, it, get, it gives depth to the everyday. You know, I think so often we're looking for highlights or even lowlights to mm-hmm. give definition or to shape mm-hmm. our days or even our relationship with the Lord. And I think that he modeled this in, in doing mm-hmm. everyday mm-hmm. type things and still encountering God. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's not the highs or the lows necessarily where we find him, even though that's where we gravitate. It's just in the faithfulness of every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love the, whoever designed the book cover, the mm-hmm. photo they chose. It's yeah. Really, if, if you're listening, you should go look at it, but it's a, a mother holding a little girl and you know she's, kind of hugging her and holding her, but you can see that the daughter has smeared <laughs> dirt on her back. I think that's a pretty good yeah. summary. Of, <laughs> there's yes. love and there's dirt. Yes, absolutely. It's messy. Yes. Nothing <laughs> clean about it. Yeah. And speaking of dirt, maybe one last question for you, Catherine. Yeah. It says that you love cultivating and growing a garden. I do. So tell us about that, because, you know, Chicago's not the easiest climate to mm. grow things. So how do you do that? Uh, well, I actually said in a different interview that I was in that I've grown addicted to creating new life, and mm. I find that working in the garden is easier than pregnancy. Yes, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> um, yeah, we, my husband and I both love gardening. I grew up in country, um, not on a farm, but near a farm, and I just love the process of you know putting a little seed in the ground and then having food a few months later. So mm. here it is. I don't know when this is airing, but... It's the middle of February in Chicago, and it is 60 degrees, and we actually planted one bed in our garden yesterday. We are not scared (laughs) because we checked the 20-day forecast, and we planted lettuce, which is cold hardy. Okay. So strategy. So you do you plant basically all year round? Like, do you have root vegetables in the winter? Uh, We don't plant year round. Okay. Uh, We generally start planting. We have something growing harvesting between March and probably early November uh, but we do freeze or okay. put away a lot of stuff so we basically okay. don't buy vegetables how much time do you have <laughs> <laughs> we have a bunch of different herbs um, typically we have a couple of different varieties of lettuce spinach kale chard um, garlic shallots Broccoli, peas, beans, tomatoes, cucumbers, summer squash, zucchini, butternut squash, pumpkins, melons, uh, asparagus, berries, (laughs) rhubarb, peppers, hot peppers. That's not all, but that's we can incredible. <laughs> How big is this garden? Is well, it in your backyard? I, we just live in the suburbs, you know, wow. so it's our backyard. But wow, we my husband is great at building raised beds, and we've, we've taken every square corner that we can. So. We're neighbors. In the Are same you? Complex, yep. so we don't have room. That, but maybe like some little planters or you know, yeah, something. yeah. We don't have backyards, yeah, but. Yeah, a little, I mean, Kevin, you have some inspirational herbs. Hard yeah, I mean, oh, you can not get hard little. at all, absolutely. Yeah. And lettuce, too, actually can be grown in a pot. Oh, really? You just cut it off and have a little oh. salad and grows back. Oh, I love this. Vegetables are like my main food group. Yeah. So if I could have my own garden, that would be amazing. Oh, so good. That is great. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, if people want to connect with you or learn more about you, 
online, where's the best place? Uh, my website is katherinemcneil.com. Just make sure you spell my name right. Mm -hmm. um, Twitter is at katherinemcneil. And my book is available everywhere at books everywhere books are sold. Yeah. Do you ever post pictures of your vegetables? Uh, I do on <laughs> Facebook. You okay, good, yeah. Facebook, look you up. You might see more pictures of vegetables than you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Or Instagram. Oh. Instagram yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll all over. Links. We'll put links to all those in the Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So thank you, Catherine. We do thank you, Joy and Adam. You're great. It's wonderful. Much.